Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to Believe in Commanders. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and as always, I'm joined by my guy, Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, how are you doing, sir, here in these hot days of July? I'm enjoying the pool, Brian. I'm sure. enjoying the pool. It, it it was one of those things you put in, you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I almost cried the day that they came to do the first excavation. Um, but I'm, I'm happy now. But that day I was a little nervous. But I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm thinking about the beach. That's what's coming up next for us. So uh, just getting there, getting to vacation mode. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It's, it's better to be hot by whatever body of water you can find, whether it's a pool, lake, uh, beach, whatever, whatever you can do. Um, finding water when it gets hot is the best way to do it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I see. I'm not I've, – I've completely given up the boat life thing. I'm okay. not – that's not me. So, like, if you can say, hey, let's go on a boat, I'm like, I'm good. I'll, how long is it? I'll see you afterwards. Type okay. Of thing. I've gotten sick. I'm like three for three. So, I'm, I'm mm. yeah, not going back. Man. Not going back. All right. So, uh, we talked about it last week. Terry McLaurin is signed on the dotted line. Now we're, now we're just waiting for training camp to start. I believe it starts on July 17th officially for the commanders. So, I thought that we would call this the summer checkup. And so I want to check in with you, Anthony, a guy who's been there, done that, you know, has been there around a, a team in, in the, the drolls of summer. You know, like we said, it's hot. What are, what are guys doing right now, you know, between, you know, signing deals and mini camp and, and those kind of things? What are guys doing right now in July before training camp ramps up and then obviously preseason? What does that look like for an NFL player? You know, I think uh, it definitely changes where you at, depending on where you're at in your career, right? If you're young, you know, you, you, you kind of, you're not really sure what to do. A lot of guys are so young, they, they're able to just get out there and just keep working out, keep working out, keep running, uh, keep running routes and just trying to stay on top of everything they've learned in, in the, in the off season, the OTAs for mini camps. Um, and then on the other side of it, you know that this is your last chance to take a little bit of a vacation. Right. So I, I know that older players kind of appreciate that more. Like, I know when it got to July for me, it was like, OK, I know them. I'm, I'm going to be we're, we're basically locked up until January. And that's not even, you know, playoffs. Right. So you're, you just know that you're going to be busy. You have one one by week and, and, and you carry on. Um, so you get into vacation and you get a little last bit of time to chill, take your family somewhere, um, you know, go see your mom and them. Right. Do that. But then know that you have to make sure your body's in top shape. Um, I would always go down to Miami and uh, train with Pete Bomarito, uh, Bomarito Performance Systems. He's had a lot of great players. I mean, Gronk was there, Greg Olson, Antonio Brown, uh, Frank Gore. I mean, a long list, a lot of Drew Rosenhaus uh, clients. Top of the top there. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um and the crazy thing is I didn't, I didn't have a trainer until I got into the league and it was, that was in 08. Um, and it was actually after I got cut from Miami and they were like, Hey, go work with this guy. Um, and that was him and great Pete Bomarito. But you know, you go down, I, I would go down there with them. He, he had a program built out that was like a kind of a like pre, you know, 
prep you for training camp type of a thing. Any little kinks that you have to get worked out, you go get, you know, go see your soft tissue guys, uh, go, go see your masseuse, go see your, getting your body fine tuned uh, for what you're about to put it through for the next, you know, three, four months. Well, especially, you know, the first couple of weeks of training camp, but the season is coming upon you. Um, so you got, you got to be up to me. You, you know what you do when you take your car on a road trip, right? Change the Absolutely. oil, rotate the tires, right? Same thing. Same thing. You just got to, you got to make sure your body is tip top shape and you're ready to go. Oh, good deal. So uh, I saw going back to Terry McLaurin, I saw somewhere that he is meeting up with Carson Wentz, probably going to meet up. It sounds like with maybe a couple other guys. Um, how often does that happen? Once you are kind of an established veteran, do you meet up with your quarterback? Do you meet up with some of the other guys and get in some, you know, uh, out of the office, quote unquote, work in or, or when does that kind of happen? Is that during this time? You, I think that, uh, you know, definitely Ter- Terry and, and Carson are, they're kind of playing catch up, right? Uh, yeah. Obviously, Terry wasn't there in the, in the offseason for the mandatory uh, thing and, and the optional. Um, and obviously, you know, he was waiting on his contract. And that's, not, that's not a problem. So uh, we knew that he was going to come back and actually he was going to get to work. Like there's nothing that showed us that, that Terry McLaurin was going to, you know, be like, nah, I'll see you in training camp. Like that's not – if that was to happen, I'd have been very, very surprised. So – um, getting together with your quarterback is a big thing. We did that in the lockout year. Uh, guys got together. I think we were down at, uh, I think it was George, George Mason, I want to say it was, right there in, uh, okay. in Nova, in the northern, northern Virginia area. So uh, it, it is common. You see it a lot more now. But you just see guys, you know, taking trips. I mean, earlier this year, what, uh, Deshaun Watson took, took the Browns uh, down to uh, the Bahamas or Jamaica or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that'd be nice. I know, that'd right? Be nice. <laughs> uh, and a lot of those things are, are trying to build continuity, trying to get to know each other um, where there's no distractions, right? Like, hey, you and me, like, I'll speak at the time. It was 2012, but for the 2012 training camp, um, we had Robert Griffin, um, Robert Griffin III, and, and Kirk Cousins, the quarterbacks that were drafted, but um, Robert hosted hosted us down in, in the big city of Waco, Texas. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we were in Waco, Texas. We went down there for a couple of days and got to got to work out with those Baylor kids and um, got to run some routes in the bubble down there. And, you know, that was – that time is really big because you get to – you know, you go out there, you get to work together, you get to talk in, in depth about what do you see. Um, this is what I'm going to do if I get X right – Look you get to work on specific scenarios and that's those are the things that like later on in the year whenever you just look in the quarterback kind of gives you a wink and then Terry knows what to do right they're going to be on the same page it's going to win you some ball games now building that continuity in these type of scenarios all right so enlighten me I'm, I'm kind of dumb I'm kind of naive when it comes to timelines for things so we've had we've had rookie mini camp we've, we've seen an OTA you know the roster is up to about I think 90 or so right now obviously not all those guys are going to make the final final cut for the for the regular season so are you guys getting a playbook at this point are you getting like a vanilla version of things or what 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 material do you have in terms of plays and that or is that is that installed in training camp, and, and am I totally off base there? No, that's a really good question. 
um, you actually so you 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 do they do install in off season mini camp and you know there's some time where you get to kind of do some coaching and teaching. Um, I got I sound old. I was talking to Chris Russell on his pod, him and uh, Pete Metters, and he was like, "In the past decade," and I was like, "Wow, it was a, over a decade ago." Wow. Um, so literally, as I look on my on my uh, shelf over here, I'm looking at the the Washington playbook. Right. And it's in a notebook and it's, you know, got pages and pages of, of information. Um, now, now a lot of things are on the iPad. My last few years in the league, things got to an iPad. So it's very easy for the team to turn off your, you know, they can take away access as they need. Right. Um, so long, long story short, I don't know if they have, what they have at home. I'm sure that they may have some printouts and obviously if guys take notes, then yeah, you have some stuff that you're able to study. Um, if they have the iPads, I, do they have them turned on? They, they can easily, they, they will have all of the, everything they need is at their fingertips. Film is on the iPads, um, the playbooks on there. So as long as the access is there, yeah, you can study. Oh yeah, you can study. But I mean, I, at my age now, Brian, I know you may you may feel this too. You learn to appreciate your rest. You learn to appreciate a little bit of time away, right? So, I for for me, this would have been a time to kind of just step away from football for just a taste, knowing that we're about to dive right back in full speed. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a tweet that said, uh, you know, as the calendar turned to July, July is the last month until I think. March of 2023 that we don't have NFL games obviously preseason starting in August all the way through the fall into February with the Super Bowl so uh, you know I'm preaching to the choir it's an absolutely a grind and yeah it's got to got to be nice to get away from uh, it a little bit so training camp rolls around uh, I'm thinking specifically about a guy like Jahan Dotson or Jamin Davis last year a uh, you know a first round pick you already kind of feel like the pressure is going on, you know, and then there, there are tons of rookies that, that feel the pressure and feel the need to, to make names for themselves. What's going through your mind as a, as a young guy um, in, you know, trying to make an impact, trying to find your spot in on this team or potentially, you know, at least make a name for yourself in this league. What, what are you thinking as a, as a rookie and, and a guy that hasn't been there, hasn't been a veteran? That is, that's a hell of a question because uh, I, I come from a, just a really unique scenario of how I got to the league, but sure. um, if you if, for all the undrafted guys, like you're building up all these nerves and anxiety because you know this is this is when the pads go on. This is what you've seen on hard knocks. This is what you've seen on you know just the 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 dramatic the NFL films like the dramatic like shots and the, you know, Ed Sables narrating it. This is what's been to happen. You're about to be there. The thing that you've dreamed of, you are about to be fully immersed. The off season was real, but like, this is really real. Okay. Like this is a, this is different. This is like when I first stepped on the field in Miami, especially coming like from arena league and then coming from the intense football league, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I can't believe I'm out here. And, and literally probably the second play I was in the, in the game, uh, my assignment was to run up and, you know, 
could cut off the backside safety. I was on backside of a run. And I run up there to the safety, and then I break down to be in the position. And I'm under the, you know, I'm thinking, hey, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're, I'm in position, you're in position, cool. This dude dropped his shoulder and and ran through my chest. And I was like, oh, so that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bet. All right. All right. So it, it, was a, it was a real quick, like, welcome to the NFL moment. Shout out to Courtney Bryan. Um, I think he was a Montana State, man. Dude, dude was a hard player. He wore 47. Mm. Ugly ass number. Yeah. But he John played Lynch hard. might have been the only one that made that look good. But yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you you so you're excited, right? Because mm-hmm. you know this is this is the time, right? This is the time. So if you're undrafted, you're you're equally excited. I, I, I'm sure certain that Jahan Dotson is crazy excited to actually get out there and and put on some pads and get fans and out there. It's gonna you know cheer on a little bit. So that's gonna be exciting. Um, you know, all, all in all, I mean, nervous. You just want to make sure you show up and you're just excited to put on pads and hit somebody. It, mm-hmm. it's it's like a kid it's like a kid before christmas man it's a kid yeah. before christmas i can i can only imagine so you, you mentioned being an undrafted guy obviously you had to pretty quickly make a name for yourself obviously you got to start getting noticed by by coaches that kind of thing was there a time in training camp i'm just thinking as we're getting into training camp as you mentioned guys trying to you know make something happen was there a time when maybe you were like okay maybe i got a shot at this maybe i'm going to stick here in Washington, maybe I got, maybe I got a future here. And it wasn't just like, you know, you know, I'm sure every player feels that way, but was there a moment when you were like, okay, this, this might really happen. Okay. So in all honesty, I did not think I was going to make this team until I made, until they did not cut me. Okay. It was basically until that following Monday that started the official, like, this is the t- it wasn't until then that I was like, okay, cool, I made wow. it. Wow. Okay. It, like so I mean all off season, I, mean, I I was making splash plays here and there and I mean, you know, people would see your name get popped up as oh, this guy's somebody to watch and I had had the intention of being Donovan's Deshaun Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. That was I was like, okay, cool. And I and I assumed um I assumed that if it's a new head coach, new GM, this is a clean slate for everybody. And I always felt if I could get in front of the right person, I could make I could make plays and I could do something. Um, but I just made plays all off season. And it built up, right? Remember, we I spoke before, right. saying like you see somebody do something in shorts and a t shirt, and you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be the next best. And then he gets hit, and then he disappears. Right. Um, so as we put on pads and we did more things, I continued to make plays. And I remember there was a time in in the middle of training camp. If I go back and look, I could say that this might have been the point where. They said, okay, it's real. We were running inside. We were running, a, a, it was inside run period. Okay. So essentially, all of the plays are supposed to happen right inside the tackle. You got six, uh, five old linemen. You got the two running, a running back, a fullback, quarterback. And then every now and again, they put a receiver in there. And we used to have these plays where you would insert. So you would motion down and the safety would fill into either the, he'd be sometimes sometimes on the edge, depending on where the defensive end was. Okay. If the defensive end was in tight, he would come down to the edge because he had that responsibility in that gap. So it goes from the right of the center, A, B, C, D, so on and so forth. Well, he didn't want to get cut off. Well, 
I swear we had like 10 of those plays. I had eight of them. I had to go against LaRon Landry. Oh, my goodness. Every <laughs> single time, probably nose to nose with the running back running right behind me. And I held my own that whole time. And like, I was like, they're testing me. Oh, yeah. This is the one where they're trying to be like, is this guy going to be for real or not? And I, and I feel like that may have been the moment, but I truly did not think I made it. Because remember, we played Washington. Well, not Washington. We played Arizona for the fourth preseason game. Okay. Mike, Mike Shanahan gets up before the team. He says, hey, these guys are not going to play in the fourth game. Okay. He goes Santana Moss, Clinton Portis, Donovan McNabb, Casey Robach, Clay, uh, Clay Cooley. That's a daggum car guy. <laughs> we, we'll take a sponsor. Uh, Chris, right. Chris Cooley, uh, he, Joey Galloway. He's naming like vets. Right. Then he goes, Anthony Armstrong. I okay. was like, I was like, oh my God. I'm, I was like, I'm, that's not good. And they're mm-hmm. like, dude, congratulations. And I'm like, no, like, I need to play this game. Like, yeah. y- y- you can't tell me I'm going to go out here and only get three or four and then I got to sit out. Like, what if somebody else balls? Now what? You know what I'm saying? So I was so nervous. Everybody was congratulating me, and I truly did not, like, relax until that following Monday. Yeah. So how, how do they uh, break the news to you? Do they still bring you in? Do you think the whole time you're, you're about to get cut, or how, do, how does that go? Man, you don't get a phone call. That's, okay. that's how you know you made it. Like, it's, it's the most uh, – and I'm no. sure we'll touch on this more, like, in, in, like, two months, whenever that's going down, but – the cut days, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It sucks for everybody. Like, it's the most somber day because you know, like, the first cut is like what from ninety to seventy five, right? Right. And they might have made it even. They used to have a smaller one. They got rid of that one. So it's like two two big cuts. But you know that you've got people that you've been like fighting and scratching and clawing with all summer, and then somebody's going home. And it's like you, my brother, Brian. But I, 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 I need you to. I, I it sucks that you're gone, but I'm kind of glad you're gone. Like one less guy to compete with, right? Yeah, and it sucks. It sucks. And I mean, it's it's, but it's also one of those days where you like really you have to know how to compartmentalize, man. Like mm-hmm. you just say, "Hey, my best friend on the team just got cut." Yeah. All right. Hey, we got a new install. All right, right we got a new right. opponent this week. You know, so. Ugh. It's well, it's frustrating. Well, well, I mean, you always hear people say it is a business, and that's just like the like human side of it that I don't think that everybody realizes that it really is a business, and these really are like guys. You know, fans, we see it as a, a guy, you know, show up on the ticker, oh, you know, these seven guys didn't make it. Those are seven lives that are absolutely changing, but you're absolutely right. You just, you know, you got to move forward. I was going to ask that, actually. So you mentioned clawing and scratching with a guy that you also are competing against. How does that go in training camp when you're, you know, trying to learn alongside another wide receiver that's also trying to make the final 53? Are you helping each other? Are you, you know, kind of leaving a little bit out of it? So, you know, you're not telling them everything you know. How does that go when you're, you know, one of these bubble guys and you're competing but also trying to be a good teammate? You know, I came – I've always approached it where it was just – it was going to be the best best man was going to win. Um, I wasn't going to not help somebody. And I, and you'd hear stories 
um, about how like a player will get the wrong information. Um, and it'll be from vets, you know, like, like I, I, I honestly, I truly cannot think of a name, but like, I know the scenario will be like, you have, you have a guy like that's about to go in and you hear what the play call is. And it's like a double move and he's supposed to get this touchdown or whatever. And then he's like, Oh, Hey, what's my route? And you're like, Oh, you run a post. Oh. And it's supposed to be mm-hmm. like a corner or something, right? And so he dude runs a complete wrong route. Everything's a shit show. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of laughing because you're like, oh, you know, people's laughing because dude messed up. Right. But people don't know that he messed up because you gave him the wrong information. But then it's like, well, you, should, you need to know the plays and you can't go back and be, well, coach, you told me the wrong play. Like, you know, you can't do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I wasn't that type of guy. I mean, I was – like if you if you needed to know what the play was, what the route to run, I I'll help you all the way, all the way. Like all we're gonna do is push each other, you know. Um when you get further along in the game, you learn that yeah, it definitely is a business. Um and certain people are gonna have a little bit more a little bit more leash than you do. Um but I still never I still would never withhold anything from them because I sure. felt like I had value to bring. Um, I had, a, you know, I could add value to a team, uh, but if they felt otherwise, no, well, it's their loss. Right. Well, so one, one thing I was thinking of when you mentioned that is, uh, Ryan Tannehill saying, you know, it's not his job to coach up or get ready. I don't know the exact words that he said about Malik Willis, the rookie quarterback coming in. So it's gotta be that like fine line of like, you know, I want to keep my job, but I want to help a, a young guy, but I also, you know, want to help the team and it seems like there's there's always that kind of balance that guys have to to think about yeah you know i well, i'm i'm not i spent a little bit of time with ryan um in miami i was thinking was, oh, i didn't even think about that second year yeah yeah i was and i was like coming in as the old old receiver like they called me unk um, <laughs> and unk is like the the acquired nickname whenever you're the elder statesman in the, in the locker room or in a position group um but I, I, I wasn't – like, I understand what he's saying. Like, it's not his job to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the way that it came across was, like, people would assume that, like, he's like, hey, Ryan, can I ask you a question? He's like, no, figure it out. Like, like he was going to be rude about it, you know what I mean? Um, I would like to – like to see him, you know, be willing to mentor him. And I'm, and I'm sure that, you know, if he asked him a question, she, he'll answer it, but it's not going to be like, it's my job to make sure you're successful. It's, I need to bring you along. Um, I mean, they still going to compete. Yeah. You know what I mean? He still needs to go out. Ryan will go out and, and, and play good football and, you know, things will settle themselves out at the end of the road. So it, it, for me, it was like, Hey, I'll help you out. You know what I mean? I I was, uh, cause the crazy thing is I was like a 25, 26 year old rookie. So I was, I had pro football experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was a weird type of dynamic where I was like, I'm the old rookie. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a college kid coming back to hang out with high school friends. <laughs> well, you, you strike me as a, as a good teammate. So I, I believe that. And I, I agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Like, the best guy is going to win the job, right? I mean, you might as well try to be a, the best teammate you can. 
Um, I understand wanting to be successful yourself, but, but you know, you, you got to put in the work too. And I think that that ends up sorting itself out. And the one thing, but the one thing about that quarterback position is if you become a mentor, like you'll have a backup quarterback role for like another 10 years. Right. And people will pay you. I mean, look at what Chase Daniel, uh, Colt McCoy, Mm -hmm. Case Keenum. um, All of those are number one, Texas high school football legends. So shout out to that. (laughs) Um, But I mean, when you look, I mean, look like Charlie Batch, a guy that, you know, named blast from the past. He's, was a backup in Pittsburgh for so long and and but then you know what the person is like he's not challenging for the number one spot he's here to make sure everybody's doing their thing and there's a place for that and but I mean you don't have to sit here and think that mentoring somebody is is like you're giving up the throne you know what I mean like you you understand at this point like hell it's, it's it's a business right like you were you you were just in you were just in a quarterback battle mm-hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. L- literally in that situation, you got the opportunity, you ended up winning. Nobody said that Mariota mentored him to that, but you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know. There's yeah. One, there's... He could be eating his words, that's for sure. So, yeah. uh, so training camp is, is about to ramp up. You know, us fans are just kind of watching for notes and nuggets for guys that are making plays. Um, but tell us some, you know, tell us something that we don't see about the everyday thing. Obviously, you know, we hear about the the big plays and stuff like that. But what does a a typical day look like? What is something that you know the casual fan might not know about training camp? Whether it be, you know, uh, what what the meals are like? Are there meetings attached to it? I mean, what is something that that we wouldn't see unless we were in the middle of it with the team? You know, they've changed the rules now. For you've been been a few years where they've taken away the two a days. Right um, now, they've replaced one with the walkthrough. I I think they're still allowed to at least do the walkthrough for the second. But it ends up being a long day. Uh, you start up. You don't. Not all teams are getting up there at like you know five six in the morning. But you get up there pretty early. You're gonna have your meetings, um, and a lot of times you're gonna practice early. Uh, practice early. Maybe or or you may do an install. It just depends on how hot it gets. You know, so I've I've had some days where like you practice the first thing, and then get off the field and then do meetings and install and then go walk through. Um, it just depends on how the coach kind of breaks things down. So if you just assume we have a meeting to start out, you break up offense defense. You go over your day one install. Okay. You put it in there. Now it's like hey we got practice. So now I've read this stuff. I have to memorize. Let's say there's like thirty plays. Uh, I got to remember this stuff. We go out there, we do all our practice, every, you know, position, special teams, whatever. Um, you get done with that, you go in, get cleaned up, eat some lunch. Food's okay. Food's not bad. Some days are better than others. Right. Some days, are, you know, but uh, just make sure you read the little sign. Don't get the, the cauliflower. <laughs> um, but it, the, you go eat your lunch, you come back, you have another set of meetings. You're going to look at the film from the morning. Right, so you get instant feedback. You're like, "Hey, you didn't do it right here. This is supposed to be this." Da, 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 da. Um, then you're gonna flip and then do another install. You have to install for the next day, okay. and then some. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. It just depends on how they break up those those meetings. But for about the first ten days, it's another stack of information that you have to, uh, you know, digest 
Plus, you have to remember the previous nine days of it, right? Sure. So you get down to the end where they're starting to combine, make all the exotic combinations, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, hey, remember uh, you remember that day one play? Yeah, remember <laughs> that double reverse pass thing? We never ran it, but you got to be responsible for the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely happened. So you got you have to go back and review your stuff, man. It's it's. I mean, it's it's truly the most immersive time to be playing ball. Um, I'm I'm glad I don't have as didn't have as much. Like we had some social media, but like sure. like the way that it is now, right? Like you'd have to have, hey man, take a picture of me studying. Like, <laughs> golly man, uh-huh. like just go study, right? Like I'm I'm a fan of the social media hiatus, or at least just the limited limited stuff. Just because they'll be like, oh, well, you, he posted on social media at 1.30 a.m. He was playing Call of Duty. The next day at practice, he had a bad day. Like, right. that stuff happens, right? Yeah. There, there are people online sleuths that try to figure out and, you know, pinpoint why went, something went wrong. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, just play Call of Duty and don't tell nobody. I hear it you. is what it is. I mean, hey. But each, each day, each day is – it's it's a long day uh, about about two weeks ten days to two weeks in you hit this thing called groundhog day um that's when the fights start into there's like fights on like day one and two mm-hmm. just because you got all this pent-up frustration you're ready to play ball and then about day 10 to day 14 there's gonna be another fight probably one big half team brawl because we're sick and tired of hitting the same people. Defense is jumping every single route, and they hooting and hollering like they actually did something. <laughs> um, it, oh, my gosh. It's like, they're like, oh, man, how we broke it up. It's like, bro, you know that we run this play the first time every single time. Like, right. you didn't do anything. Like, you know, it's, it's literally that type of stuff, Brian. So, you just, you're like, I'm, I'm sick of them. But once you get the, once you finally get to that first preseason game, everybody's like, thank you. I, I, I get to hit a different jersey for once. Right, so right. That's the best. That's the best. All right. So are there, you know, there are a couple of days, you know, when fans can come out. I, I, I think there are like media portions that are open to reporters and that kind of thing. Could you see guys that would start to like ham it up when they knew the cameras were out there and they knew there were some extra sets of eyes? Man, I was doing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like the fans like they hype you up you know what I mean you get instant feedback good and bad um from a play that happens right and uh I mean they're the reason that you're able to get out there and play and um you know they they stand out there in the hot all day I appreciate the fans so much I I still do Mm -hmm. I would always sign as as long as I could autograph I go up to the furthest end and then just work my way down until uh, Miss Amy would come and say, "Hey, you got to go to meetings," um, and and I would sign every single day. And I was just like, you know what? Like y- y'all out here for two and three hours in hundred degree weather too, you know. So I can at least say thank you to to, to you for that. So yeah, I loved I loved having the fans in there. It was definitely it made it it made it so much more exciting. Mm-hmm. I remember speaking of social media and that uh, I saw. Uh, a couple of years, I guess it's maybe now five, six years when Terrell Pryor signed in Washington and he made this one handed catch that a fan caught on video and man, the expectations went through the roof and that season did not uh, deliver on his behalf. So I know that there's gotta be some 
good with the bad. And that kind of goes with what you're saying about social media and all that. But uh, I thought that was not funny for him, but funny how that turned out. Yeah. I mean, you, you make some, there are going to be plays made like at, on the field in training camp. And you, you obviously hope that that's what it all is going to look like all year, but it shows that everybody has that caliber to, to be up to that level. But man, it's, it's tough to keep that thing going the whole year. All right, so so obviously we mentioned camp, and all of us have probably been to summer camp or some sort of camp and all that. It usually means roommates. So what was that like, Anthony, having a, a roommate as a grown man and, and having a, a teammate that you maybe got to know a little bit too much about? Or tell me a roommate story. Well, uh, my roommate was uh, in – this was the 2010 training camp in uh, Washington – my roommate was the the great, legendary, Speedy B, Brandon Banks. Okay, nice. He was my roommate. So, um, and I remembered seeing him. Now, mind you, my whole NFL career, I feel like it was just like I was starstruck by everybody I saw. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, you're the dude I saw on NFL Network at the combine. I thought it was a typo when it said 145. And he was like, yeah, no, that, that, that's real. And I'm like, I see, you know? <laughs> so um, we rode to camp every single day, Jim and Rick Ross. And um, I mean, literally you talk about like being able to like help somebody through, like, I'm not saying I helped him, but like we helped each other, you know, because we were both undrafted, you know, just two probably undersized, just really fast guys who were trying to find a place on this team. Um, so Brandon was a good, good roommate. He, he taught me about Bojangles. Uh, so I learned nice. about <laughs> the greatness of Bojangles, uh, from Speedy B. Um, but it, but it was, it was really special to make the team with him. Um, yeah. because we literally like both were just in the same boat, just grinding it out, trying to just trying to make the team, man. Um, but you get older though. You're like, I don't want no roommate. Cause there was a weird, there was a weird scenario uh, it was like my second time in Miami. This was actually the – I don't know if it was training camp or not, but they had a rule about, like, you how many years you played before you could have a single room. Okay. And, and I was like, bro, I'm 30, like, three. <laughs> like, let me have my own room. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm, like, out of principality. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I think I bitched enough to, to get my own room, um, but then I also didn't stay that much longer on the team. So I guess I should have shut up. No, I, I like it. I mean, at a certain <laughs> point, I mean, come on. You, you need your own place. I mean, that's just that's kind of silly. Yeah, but it, so I mean, you know, some, some coaches just have their, like, hard set. Like, hey, you know, if you're four years or five years are in, you get your own room. Anybody under that, you're, you're shacking up. And, it, I mean, it generally would be younger guys. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be the old guy, you know. Yeah. Unk. Was it so if your roommate got cut, did you just did someone else move in or did it not typically work that way? Um, well, it kind of depended on what the hotel needed. Okay. You know, if the hotel needed to free up a room, somebody was going to you know get shacked up, but then they also generally would have um a certain block of rooms just, you know, reserved uh, for players. Um, it was weird. It was weird. Cause you, at least in Miami, uh, during the season, there were just so many guys just coming and going, 
you know mm-hmm. um it's like you kind of you like you get to know them or if you what's what's what would suck is whenever you would get a player that's on a different schedule as you so like let's say i get back to the room and like let's say eight o'clock i'm like all right cool i'm all showered up i'm ready to go to bed i'm gonna study and then i'm gonna go to bed talk to study and then I'm gonna talk to my mama and go to bed here come this uh, this this linebacker or some a defensive lineman, big sucker coming here snoring loud. <laughs> he got snacks and chip bags and stuff. So you could get somebody to be on a completely different schedule, um, and and that that would be a little frustrating. So it's just, I I never been to like a overnight summer camp, but I guess that would be training camp for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you're in the the wrong bunk or the wrong set of cabins and. There's a snore. There's nothing worse. I'm talking as a snorer, so I don't have anywhere, any uh, re- room to talk there. But I know that it, it gets bad if you're with the wrong roommate for whatever reason. Um, I just can't imagine now as a, a 30-something-year-old man trying to room with another grown man. So that's just yeah. that's, a, that's a funny scenario to me. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's not bad because, you know, like if, y'all, if you're close, you know, you kind of just chop it up, you know, enjoy each other, enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Um, but it it always would get weird. Like when somebody would, they would have a, their girlfriend. So they like have to like turn over and be like, you know, they all whispering <laughs> and stuff. And you're like, do I, am I supposed to be quiet so you can have this conversation or do I need to make noise so that you don't think I hear your conversation? Right. But I'm also trying to go to sleep right now. So tell, tell her that you love her. Hang up the and phone. Let's, and let's get the hell up out of here. Uh, well, I love I love the stories. We could, I feel like we could do a, another version of this. So maybe one, maybe we get like a regular season story time down the mm-hmm. line eventually. Here's yeah, some, that'd be good. Here's some of the the tidbits that we don't know about going on the road or that kind of thing. I, I feel like there's a, a lot there. So this is a good episode. A little bit of downtime before training camp starts up, but as you know, once it gets going, we're we're gonna get going too. Be breaking down everything that's going on. So. Anthony, appreciate it. Love the story time. Love getting to know you a little bit more and love that our listeners get the chance to do it too. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's it's good to open up those uh, old memories a little bit. It's good to know that I can remember some of those memories too. For sure, for sure. So thank you for checking out Believe in Commanders. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, a special guest. So looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Now you have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.